another victorious episode of the assembly call because anytime that you get a chance to talk to a guy who played three seasons at IU and won the Big Ten title all three seasons, uh, was a member of the team that may not have won a banner, but that a lot of people still think is actually the best team of all time if you know a certain guy didn't get hurt at the end of the season. That counts as a victorious episode in my eyes. And that's what we have for you today. We have the great Steve Green, well-known as Bob Knight's first recruit, one of the great scorers and shooters in Indiana history, and really a guy that, you know, there was kind of that that interim period between Branch McCracken leaving and Bob Knight taking over, you know, kind of a little bit of a wilderness for Indiana basketball. Still some good players that came through, but not the winning that Indiana had become accustomed to under Branch McCracken. And this guy was one of the building blocks who laid the foundation for what Bob Knight built at IU. Uh, and obviously, he's got a lot of stories, as anybody from that time period would. But there's always, you know, when you when you get a good storyteller, an enthusiastic and gregarious storyteller, there's just kind of something that takes it next level. And Steve Green is that. You know, if you've heard him on podcasts on the brink, heard him on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, you know that already. Uh, and he does that for us here. You know, we had the opportunity to interview him last week, and we did it uh, inside of our private community. You can always learn more about our community at assemblycall.com slash community. But we did uh, this conversation live for our community members. We took questions from the community members. And so I really tried to cover some different ground, you know, than what Steve has talked about in some previous interviews. Uh, and I think we were able to do that. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, you know, got a lot of great comments on it afterwards. Uh, but a lot of, of really interesting stories. Um, you, you know, there gets you know the one that really stood out to me is you know Steve got two technical fouls while he was at IU. Uh, one was in the NCAA tournament, uh, the other one was not. But he tells you know this great story about his first technical foul and why it was extra hypocritical for Bob Knight to chew him out that day, which Bob Knight did as he ran off the court after getting that technical foul. Uh, Bob Knight chewed him out. You'll find out why that was so extra hypocritical. Not that. You probably need to know why it's hypocritical for Bob Knight to choose somebody out after getting a technical foul, but it's a great story. Uh, you know, we talk about his thoughts on what IU can do to fix its program-wide shooting woes. You know, who better to talk about that than Steve? His thoughts on Mike Woodson, why he'll be such a good fit at IU, advice he would give to incoming freshmen. Uh, you know, and I, I really enjoyed listening to him talk about how the 1976 team has really welcomed uh, he and John Laskowski. Uh, in particular, as one of their own, you know, even though they graduated in 75, technically weren't part of that team. Uh, you know, you get to hear kind of how they've made them feel a part of that team. So that his recruiting story, so many great stories from Steve, and then so many little tangents here and there. It's just a really fun conversation. I think you'll like it. You know, you've probably heard this by now, but I do just want to reiterate it, you know, on Steve's behalf. If you're in Indiana and you know you're dealing with any kind of sleep issue, he and Brian Evans have started this company Aurora Sleep and if you go to auroraSleep.com, you can learn more about it. But you know if you have a snoring issue, if you have sleep apnea, anything like that, you know Steve had a long career as a dentist and now has really dedicated his life to helping people fix these sleep issues. And anybody who's had a sleep issue knows just how empowering it is when you can fix it and how much better you feel and how much better your health is. And so, you know, they're not nationwide right now. They're in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, we talk about how they're thinking about expanding. I sure hope they get down here to Dallas because I will certainly be going. I tend to snore a little bit, as my wife will tell you. Um, but aurorasleep.com, if you're in the Indianapolis area, go check them out. Uh, they are, you know, look, it's Steve Green. It's Brian Evans. You can trust those guys. 
Uh, so aurorasleep.com is the domain. Last thing I want to tell you before we get to the interview is just a reminder to go to Playbook Products. Assemblycall.com slash PP is the URL. That's our affiliate URL. So if you go there using that URL and you buy anything, we will get a commission for it. But I remind you of that now because Mother's Day is coming up. You know, you probably still have time with some express shipping to get a gift in, but certainly you have time for Father's Day next month. And if you're looking for just a really interesting, unique gift, Playbook Products has it because they do the stone coasters, leather coasters, and coffee mugs, and they have diagrams of the most famous plays in you know, school history or team history because they have all the professional teams on there too. So for Indiana, Keith Smart shot, uh, the last play of the 1976 National Championship game, the Watt shot, of course, uh, Kirk Haston shot to beat Michigan State. But they have a whole bunch of colleges, all the professional teams. So whatever team you like, whatever team your dad likes, whatever team your mom likes, you know, whatever team any person in your life likes, they're going to have something there that is going to take that person back to that special moment and help them relive it. You know, so it's a great place to get a really unique gift. It's called Playbook Products. Um, so, but again, if you use that URL, assemblycall.com slash PP, uh, it'll take you there. Uh, you'll get a great gift. We'll get a commission. So it's kind of a win-win all around. So we hope you'll check them out, playbookproducts.com. All right. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Steve Green. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to our first live interview here inside of the Assembly Call IU Sports Discussion community. And it only seems fitting that our first interview guest is the same IU legend who is also well known for being Bob Knight's first recruit. And you know, that worked out pretty well, and I think today's discussion will too. Because if you've heard this gentleman on recent episodes of Podcast on the Brink and the Hoosier Hysterics, you know that he is gregarious, he is energetic, and he's a remarkable storyteller. I'm thinking maybe it's because of all that good sleep he's been getting, which we'll talk to him about too. So I'm pleased to introduce my guest today. He is one of the best scorers to ever wear the cream and crimson. He played three seasons and won three Big Ten championships. He played in a Final Four, and he was a key member of the team that many longtime IU fans believe is the best team in IU history, even though they fell a couple games shy of winning it all thanks to an untimely injury. He is, of course, the great Steve Green. Steve, Thank you, Jared. That's, that's a heck of an introduction. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to frame that one. I, I want that. <laughs> It'll go right next to the... You touched, you touched the high points yeah. and left out the low points. <laughs> that's, that's what we do here. But, but in this next hour, we'll touch the low points too, so don't worry. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Really have been looking forward to talking to you ever since I heard you know some of those other conversations uh, that you've sure. done. Um, and obviously just growing up, you know, hearing about your career and, you know, knowing how much of a, of a great player you were and how much you meant at IU. I want to start, though, you know, I mentioned all the good sleep that you've been getting. And before we look back, I do want to start by having you get us caught up on what you've been up to of late and also how you roped another offense first defense optional IU legend into uh, into doing it with you. Well, <laughs> The easy answer to that one is like minds uh, attract each other. So, yeah, I, I, I think he was the only guy that I heard uh, Coach Knight talk about playing uh, defense as poorly as I played it. But uh, but that's that's me. That's Kitchell. You know, I, I always tell you know Kitchell and I always talk about the reason that we became such good shooters is we had no other redeeming qualities for the team. You know, if we if we were out there clunking it, then you might as well sit down. So, you, you know, we, we talk about pressure shooting. Hey, every shot was a pressure shot for me. If it doesn't go in, I might just get replaced because I'm not doing anything else out here. So anyway, 
Uh, but the first part of that, uh, yeah, Brian and I uh, came together to form a, a sleep company, uh, Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinic. Yeah. But this has been about a five or six year project for us. Uh, we, uh, you know, I've been in in what we call dental sleep for about 15 years. And it's something that dentists can provide oral devices for people that have snoring or sleep apnea issues. And, uh, you know, I had a successful enough practice, uh, but to the point where, you know, I was tired of general dentistry. So I sold my general dentistry practice and I, this is all I wanted to do, but I needed to see more people. It, it was, it was breaking me up that this, this epidemic that we have with sleep and, and especially sleep apnea and snoring, and how, how that affects your overall health and things. There, there are way more Hoosiers that needed help than that I was seeing and or able to see. So got together. I actually was telling Joe Hillman, you know, let me throw another guy in there, you know, because let me tell you, you're going to find your life's pretty simple for me. If, if you are from Indiana, uh, went to Indiana, played basketball, any of those three, but really if all three, then, you know, then we're, kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Joe, you know, I'm watching my, uh, uh, my nephew pitch at up here in Indianapolis. He uh, was, uh, you know, a summer league or something like that. And I noticed that a kid came up to bat against him with a Hillman on his back, you know, and I go, Oh gosh, yeah, Hey, that is Zionsville. I wonder if Joe's here. Well, Joe's coaching. And so afterwards, I, you know, I hadn't seen Joe in a while and he said, Hey, what are you doing? And I was, you know, I was telling him, hey, you know, I, I want to do this thing with sleep, but I need to get in with some medical docs and all that. He goes, well, you need to talk to Brian Evans. And I go, Oh, really? And he goes, Oh yeah, Brian, that that's a space that he'll help you with. So Brian and I had lunch almost six years ago now on this topic. And so ever since we have just been, we've been partners in this and trying our best to figure out the best way to get the word out and also to, to treat the most people uh, the, the most central Indiana Hoosiers uh, that we could. And we, we've done the stats and there are a million snorers around the Marion County, the, the, the note donut. That, that's not the state of Indiana. That's a million snores. And so we said, we've got to do something for snorers. You don't have, you know, sleep apnea is a medical condition. Snoring is not considered one, but it's a terrible thing for relationships. It's terrible for your sleep. My wife would agree. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, and that's that's who we're after. Don't worry, but man, we're coming after your wife with our advertising, and she's going to be saying, "You get in there." That's 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 the secret sauce. But nonetheless, we we do both. We we, we provide oral devices, and oral devices are here to stay. You know, this is not Stevie making something up, and you know, I didn't create the devices. There's been 20 years of research now. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of good medicine behind this especially when we're treating sleep apnea and it's, you know, it's uh, so many people are given CPAPs and they just say, uh-uh, I'm out. I, I can't use it. I don't like it. I'm not using it properly. And, but they don't know there's an alternative and it's not only an alternative, it's a medically accepted alternative paid for by insurance companies and all that. So it's, it's, yeah. it's the real deal. But, but the snoring is where Brian's brain came in and said, Hey man, we got to get the word out to snores. People will, at least raise their hand about snoring sleep apnea. You know, I don't know that you go to coffee, you know, cocktail parties and say, Hey, you know, I've got sleep apnea. I'm, you know, aren't I fortunate, but snoring, the wives talk about it. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. anyway, that's, that's, that's the, as, as, as uh, you know, as quickly as I can tell you, cause I can bore you for an hour on it. <laughs> well, no, but, but, you know, one thing I do want to know is, so how do people actually engage with you on that? Do they need to come in, schedule an appointment and then they can get the devices and yeah, yeah. Right. We, we now have for snoring, we have the only 
uh, same day device. You come in at 10 o'clock and you'll leave at 11 o'clock with an oral device for snoring. Uh, and you have seven days to, to use it without paying us. So, oh, wow. you, don't even, you know, so, and that's where, and that's all Brian's idea. It was like, you know, Hey, we've got to, we got to do more, you know, so that people get to try this because uh, when I make an oral device or used to, when I made an oral device for people, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, no, how do I know if it's going to work? And I go, well, here's what we do. You pay me all the money. And then I put it, you know, make this for your mouth and we hope it works, you know? Well, and yeah. I, I would know yeah, it's going to, it's probably going to work, but people didn't know it. So that, that's kind of the, the change was, uh, was the, you know, going after the snorers and, and giving them something that they can immediately uh, use. But yeah, you can go online now, you know, aurorasleep.com and that's Aurora, A-R-O-R-A. Hey. And that's a story in its, uh, of itself that Brian and I being guys, we didn't know what you know, Aurora meant, you know, when somebody pitched it to us and we took it home and first thing he said to his wife, she goes, yeah, Sleeping Beauty. And, you know, he went, oh, really? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> I know, you're a guy. <laughs> you, you just, you just passed the, you know, the, the, the rules to get into the, the guy club, but you failed, it, you know, for your, your daughter. Yeah. She wouldn't so anyway, but we, we took the you out, you know, because everybody had Aurora. So, uh, so anyway, it's aurorasleep.com and you, you can make appointments online now. And for uh, folks who aren't, for folks who aren't in central Indiana, like I live in Dallas, for example, yep. would there be, a, is there a way for me to work with you virtually on something like that? Do you guys there, do there virtual really visits? Isn't, but, but don't worry, bud, we're coming. All right. There we go. <laughs> we're coming. That's, that's the whole idea is to, to be, uh, first I want to, I want to make sure my Hoosiers are taken care of, you know, all my, my buds around here, but then we're coming. Yeah. We, we we're at, uh, you know, franchising things of that nature are on the table right now. But Very yeah, cool. we we just there's not much we can do other than I can tell you who to go to in Dallas. He's a good friend of mine, Kent Smith. So there, okay. I can give you the plug. There we go. Look him up. Yeah, and okay. he'll say, "Who's Steve Green again?" Yeah, <laughs> just tell him, tall guy. All right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, but but nonetheless, there there's some guys like him that are really really good all over the country, and I, you know, you know, hope to be that person here because I've done it for 15 years now, and it's. On the one hand, it's not brain surgery. On the other hand, it's critical to overall health. And so I, I myself have severe sleep apnea, and that's how I got started on it. You know, I, I, you know, like I tell people, I treated, you know, my first patient was my most favorite patient, and that's me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, hey, what the heck? And, and then I start treating everybody in my family, which is typical. You know, hey, I'm, I'm going to make my mistakes on them, and then uh, then I said, you know what, this this works. So anyway. Yeah, uh, it's been, it's been a good journey, but it's, it's something that I really am excited about. And I, it's not that I was uh, no longer excited about general dentistry, but you know, 33 years of you know, putting in fillings. I, I think I got it down now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the sleep thing is, is over in medical uh, land. And, and that got me excited again, Hey, to, to, you know, uh, kind of rub shoulders with the physicians, sleep physicians, all kinds of physicians that are, are referring to us and us referring back, you know, patients that are yeah. sleeping better and happy and healthier. Well, it's, it's such a great thing you're giving people. I mean, there's a few things more important than getting sleep. And it's such a cool story that, you know, you teamed up with Brian Evans to do it. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and very honestly, Brian, you know, has heard me say this and he kind of was like, you're kidding. I, I had always, uh, I always wanted to work with, an IU basketball player in some kind of business. Cause it, yeah. you know, cause I was there from, you know, from the early, you know, the caveman era, but certainly with coach Knight uh, from day one, 
And, and, and it always was kind of good news, bad news. I said, none of us have ever tried to parlay, you know, notoriety, you know, the IU basketball connection into any kind of business success, not, not on a, you know, certainly not advertising that or anything like that. So, but I'd always wanted to team up with some guys, you know, one guy, two guys in a business venture, but there never was anything that I was able to offer. Yeah. And then this came along and Brian, you know, in the medical field and, and it took a while for him to kind of, you know, get jazzed up about it when, when we found out, or when he found out that the number of people with undiagnosed sleep issues is 50 to 60 million Americans. It's like, Jeez. Oh my gosh, the pie is huge and we don't have to treat every one of them to be a successful company and, and change lives. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, so it's a dream come true for me to work with somebody, you know, I'll tell Brian, it's like, you know, he wasn't the guy I was thinking about, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking more along the line of somebody. No, I actually, you know, I told him, Hey, he's one of my favorite players. He wore 34. He shot mm -hmm. all the time. I go, Hey, my kind of guy. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so we've been attached at the, the hip. He's, he's, uh, he's young 34 and I'm old 34. Yeah. <laughs> So I, let's shift gears and talk about your career. Um, and, you know, like we were saying, you know, I highly recommend the interviews you did with Hoosier Hysterics and with Podcast on the Brink. Those are great. I imagine a lot of the people who are listening to this have probably heard uh, those interviews. But there's one story that, I, that I'd love for you to tell again that I want to get into, you know, because I talked about how, you know, you're so well known as being Bob Knight's first recruit. But what I didn't realize and kind of the irony of that distinction is that you actually came to IU in large part because you had developed a relationship with Branch McCracken long before you even met Bob Knight, which was a really yep. cool story. Can you kind of share how that all came about? Yeah, it, it's, it is interesting. And I, uh, uh, actually first met Branch McCracken and his, his wife, Mary Jo and, and the whole family at basketball camp. Uh, the first year that, uh, Branch had his Indiana university basketball camp, not in Bloomington in Lake James, uh, you know, at, at Lake James in, in goal, Indiana. And, uh, I actually lied about my age to get in cause you know, I was tall enough, but you had to be nine or something. And my dad who was a basketball coach was like, man, this is good enough reason to teach a kid how to lie. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to do it for this, this is good. <laughs> and, uh, but, but the reason I had interest in those guys in an IU and branch from Kraken knew all the players, my aunt and uncle were employees of uh, IU. My uncle was a professor school of education and my aunt was a graduate of IU and had, you know, just always had IU stuff and, you know, talked about uh, all the players. And I, it just at a young age, I got really enamored with IU basketball. And that's where I, my, you know, I first started watching the Van Arsdales, you know, who were my, you know, my, my heroes, my, you know, those are the guys that I, I wanted to be like. In fact, I, you know, uh, I, I remember when I uh, actually passed them on the you know, like scoring list or something, I was embarrassed. I was like, I ain't no Van Arsdale, you know, those are, and, and, you know, it had to do with, I played more games and all that. I, I know why, but it still is like, no, I can't do that. that. Those are my heroes and they're, they're on a pedestal and, and you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and it, it, that, that shouldn't happen. Uh, so anyway, so I was enamored with those guys and met them, you know, at, at branches, uh, camp, but I, it was branch that I always wanted to come back to. He told story. He was the best storyteller, you know, branch was just, and he always, boys, boys, boys. He started everything, boys, boys, boys. Then here comes a story, you know, and, 
and he and it, and it it was just delightful. And then he had film, and he had Jimmy Rail up to talk to us about his fifty six point games. And like Jimmy would remind you, I had two of them, <laughs> not just one. I had two of them, you know. And, and I thought, gosh, that's what I want to do when I grow up. I want to shoot that much, and I did. And so anyway, that that was my int- introduction to IU. So I always followed IU. Uh, I told Tom the other day, Tom Bedarsdale, I was talking to him, and we talked about the Michigan game back in '65. You know, I remember watching it on channel four, the, you know, fuzzy channel four, uh, and Michigan was number one in the land and, and IU was beating them right in regulation. Mm-hmm. And the crowd started going, we're number one, <laughs> we're number one. It was like from that day forward, I, I, I knew that was a curse, you know, because uh, Michigan comes back and beats, beats IU, but it was that close, you know, and I remember yeah. watching that game. So that's 65. So, you know, I'm 12 years old, 11 or 12, but by that time I was hooked. You know, I had all the guys' autographs, and I, I said, "That's that's where I'm going to go play basketball." Yeah, you know. So that was when I was twelve, and, well, and you know, and, and Branch was still coach too. Yeah, you know, and look, and you came to IU, and like as I mentioned in the introduction, you had a great career. You know, now you only got to play three seasons because at that time freshmen were ineligible. But, thank you, you know, yeah. thank you for that. As, as I slide down the scoring list along with my two books, right. Arsdale's, you know, our three years. Yeah, yeah. How does it how does it make you feel to see these guys playing four years and all these extra hey. games and passing you on the scoring hey, list? Man, but, I, I just got I held my school record, a high school record, for fifty years until this year. You know, and Trey Kaufman, Wren, and uh, oh yeah, at Silver Creek both beat it, right? You know, and I go. <laughs> That was a three-year. I, I didn't move in until my sophomore year there at Silver Creek, but no, you know, it's like I, I got, I got two more years of eligibility, one in high school, one in college left. So yeah, yeah. And now with you know the portal and, and the COVID and everything like that, it's, it's crazy. We, Brian and I were just talking about what are we going to do about record keeping? And oh man, for the guys coming back. So I well, Jordan guys, Bohannon's coming back to Iowa for like his sixth or seventh what, season. He's going to shatter that's, all yeah, the games played exactly. records and stuff. It's like you know, yeah. And, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but even Garza could come back to repeat oh, yeah. his senior year, right? If he, he could. didn't want to go pro, well, you think he might score a few more points and, and no one will ever, you know, again. Anyway. He he probably would have broken Calvert Chaney's record and I would not recognize it. Exactly. <laughs> it, it wouldn't even be an asterisk. It'd be a, yeah. you know, an X. Not, not, not exactly. So, so yeah. yeah. Uh, but thank you for mentioning the three-year. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah, it, it's uh, – and, and I, I'm the first to tell you that I benefited from the freshman year. You know, the last year of freshman not being eligible was 71, 72. That was my freshman year at IU. So we had a, a you know, a freshman team. We had, you know, we played 12 games. Uh, but I needed it for from a physical standpoint. However, knowing what I know now, and coach, that was his first year. And that team went through some ups and downs and they had a bad January. And, and I know he would have played us, you know, he would have played yeah. his boys, the guys who recruited, we would have gotten some time that may have scarred us for life. I don't know. <laughs> Cause I, I, I know I wasn't, I, I wasn't ready. Uh, but, it, but at least I had that year and I, and I got my feet under me and, and we played well, you know, as, as a freshman. And then that helped me, you know, have a leg up the next year. You know, one, one question I've always been curious with a guy like you that had your career at Indiana, which was an outstanding career. And I mean, you played in Final Fours, you won Big Ten titles, but there's a group of guys. You know, you've already named a few of them, the Van Arsdales, Jimmy Rail, you know, you, Calvert Chaney, Alan Henderson, you know, a lot of guys who played at Indiana at a school where success, ultimate success is measured in banners, and you never 
hung a banner, even though you're a member of the 75 team that people, you know, think is, is, you know, one of the, you know, the best team ever. I'm curious when you look back on your career, does it feel like there's kind of a big gaping hole there of something you didn't achieve? Does it feel like there's unfinished business or do you not really look at it that way? Uh, kind of there, there's a yes and no to that. Uh, I will tell you this, that after my senior year in 75, when, when Scott did break his arm and we, you know, we ended up 31 and one, I, I remember thinking to myself, well, try to top that. And <laughs> less than 12 months later, it was like Quinn and Scott go, you mean this, <laughs> you know, we went 32 and oh, and won the whole damn thing. And I was like, uh, that was that, you know, I was hoping maybe get a few years out of that season, but yeah, it, and in the NCAA championship has become more and more because of television exposure. Remember, we didn't have ESPN. We didn't have, uh, in fact, when, when I played in the, or, you know, we played it, but when uh, I got introduced to the starting lineup in 73 in St. Louis for the final four, we playing UCLA. I was reminded that, Hey, this is the first time you'll be on national TV. You had to get to the final four wow. to be seen coast to coast. You know, so everybody was kind of, you know, I, I was saying secret highs to all my buddies. You know, I was touching my, you know, <laughs> coach and I were probably like, yeah, that's why you played like crap because you were focused on the wrong things, you know. And that, it was the one game. I, I'll tell you, in my three years, that was the one game that I could tell you I was totally intimidated, totally right. scared. And it's one of the reasons I, I used to, uh, I got a UCLA shirt after that. Thanks to remind me to never be scared of anybody like that again. You know, don't, don't ever, you, you're not helping yourself at all, but that's the only shirt I ever wore other than an IU shirt was UCLA. And that was just, you know, that was self-inflicted harm <laughs> on me. It's like the yeah. reminder that don't, don't ever do that to yourself again. Don't, don't ever play scared. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So I want, one of the things that, that I did when I posted this is I gave our audience members a chance to ask questions. So I want to get to some of their questions, give you a chance to answer those. Uh, and we'll actually start out with one. Uh, this is actually, this is going back to the, the UCLA games. So this is from Lee. He says, early in Coach Knight's career in 1973 is your first season. IU faced UCLA in the NCAAs. Steve Downing and the UCLA Center collided and Downing fouled out. I think IU was strong enough to have hung another banner with that team. Was IU that good? Uh, we had gotten that good. Now, keep in mind that the week before we got there, uh, we won the Mid-East Regional by beating Marquette, who was, you know, the, uh, Coach McGuire, and and they had some studs, Maurice Lucas. They, you know, they they had uh, some really really good Marquette team. We upset them. And then we played Kentucky for the right to go to the final four And Kentucky. Both of those were teams ranked ahead of us, but we were, we were gaining momentum as we moved along. We, we started to really be able to use downing the way he was supposed to be used. We, you know, and motion offense was starting to really click in and we were, we played good defense and all that, but yeah, that foul call, if it goes the other way, you know, and we could, we, we were, we were competing at that time. There's no question about it. And then, uh, you know, then two nights later, UCLA destroyed Memphis State. And, you know, I think we would have, you know, competed well against them too. And in those days, by the way, there was a third-place game. So we, yeah. our season wasn't over. And let me tell you something. You know, this is how naive I was too. Okay, we, we lose to the number one team in the land, UCLA. So, 
okay, we did our best. It was a bad call. We, should, we could have beat him, blah, blah, blah. Well, now, you know, now it's, we're easy street. You know, we, all we have to do now is play a consolation game. Well, the next day in film session, you know who goes off? I mean, the old coach <laughs> just goes off on us. Like, I can't believe we played that way. But, you know, we're, and we're watching some film and, and we're getting ready for Monday. And he's, he's like, if we don't win that game Monday, you know, this is a total disaster. And I was like, oh my God, you know, we're in the champ, you know, we're in the final four coach. And it's like, yeah, I know, but we didn't play well. We didn't play our best and we're going to play. And, and we beat Providence uh, uh, that uh, in the consolation game. That, that was, you know, that, that was just self-preservation. <laughs> we did not want to go through an off season again, you know, with a, with a loss hanging over our head. Well, it just, it seems indicative of what made coach Knight so great. Cause right before you started telling that, I, I was going to ask you, how do you get up for a consolation game oh. like that? There you go. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, <laughs> I'm sure he fact, understood that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it just, you know, there was a certain, you know, cause here I am a sophomore and, and two years earlier, I'm watching the final four. You know, it's, it's like what happens now. You, you yeah. see it now with freshmen, you know, the year before they're in high school. And then now they're the star of, you know, a final four game or something like that. We saw a couple of freshmen this year, but, you know, so back then, yeah, it was, it was an accomplishment to get to the final four, but not to coach Knight. Hey, he played on teams that got there. They won one championship. They were there a couple of times and no, 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 you know, you, you, you play to win, you come to win. And now I will tell you this, and this, this is what I think Woody, and we'll get off, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Woody, but Woody knows this too. Coach was always about the big 10 always. Yeah. And, and in, in those days you had to win the big 10 to even get to the NCAA tournament. So that's, that's one of it, but it was more about pride, you know, winning the big 10. And if you took care of yourself and won the big 10 or competed for the big 10 championship, you're ready to go you know, to, to in postseason. So I, I think we're going to get back to that, the, the importance of winning Big Ten games, also winning games against arch rivals and things of this nature. And there's only one arch rival that I think we need a little catching up to do. And let me tell you, Woody knows. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's what I love about Woody and Dane Five knows too, obviously, but Woody knows. I, you know, he, we got to, we, we got to make that, not more competitive. We just got to make it more one, one lopsided, you know, with us. We need to restore the natural order of things is what you're saying. Thank you. That's the way to put it. But anyway. So, So, okay. But let me ask you a question about that because that's always interesting. It seems like a delicate balance to me because, you know, it's just one game on the schedule. You know, it counts as one game in the standings and yet it's Purdue and a win or a loss has an outsized impact. So how do you, and maybe how did coach Knight get you to properly focus on that game? Because the reality is it does mean more. There's an extra intensity, yeah. but not overdo it to the point where, you know, maybe you lose the game before and the game after because you're so focused exactly. on this one game. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't know. It, part of it, and maybe some of the things we've been missing, part of it is having Indiana players. I mean, people, you know, that both, on both teams, Purdue, you know, had a number of guys that I – I knew in high school that we didn't have AAU basketball, so we knew each other by reputation or on the all-star team together. Yeah. But, but, but there were, you know, guys that, that knew what, you know, IU Purdue rivalry rivalry was supposed to mean. So that helped, you know, we were always up to beat other Hoosiers, you know, that, that they have to play for Purdue, but you know, they, they still were from the state of Indiana primarily. So there was that. Uh, and yeah, it was, we couldn't afford to lose any games in the big 10. We, you know, 
my sophomore year, Minnesota was the favorite and had just won it the year before, you know, and, and we had great competition, you know, in our ju- in junior and senior years, we had, you know, some, you know, really good teams that we had to beat Michigan, Purdue. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it was another game, but, but let me tell you, uh, there's nothing like assembly hall when Purdue walks in. Right. And there ain't nothing like I, I've never loved being hated so much than going into Mackey. It's like, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> hate me more. Hate me more. And those rims, I'm telling you, for a shooter, and, and Brian and I have talked, are, are huge. You know, yeah. I mean, they, it's a perfect background. They, they dim the lights, and I go, good, good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Whoever's in charge of lights, dim those things, because now all I see is the rim. And just to be hated that much is is also something that I you make sure that you know what I think this is an important game. So yeah, we got up for it, but but don't get me wrong. I, I think uh, even Coach Knight, his first year was you know had had a little bit of learning to see that that's that's takes on special significance. Uh, yes, it is one game. Yes, you, you can lose to Purdue and still win the Big Ten. You can still do like we did my sophomore year. We lost up there, uh, and. Uh, you know, which was horrible, uh, you know, never to happen again for, for a long time. And then, uh, but, but, you know, you know, somehow we knew, you know, we, we knew it was special, but, but got to remember too, the dude's an Ohio state grad and Ohio state was really good. My, my, uh, sophomore year. And, and then again, in my junior year, and I, I was on a roast once and I was roasting coach Knight, and, and I said, the guys on our team, I, I said, you know, the, the week of the Ohio state game, you know, he would get amped up. He, he would mm-hmm. never admit to it. It was, it was just another game, but he was amped up. It was, you know, it put extra pressure on us. And I said, I never wanted a guy to be a graduate of Northwestern so much in my life. And <laughs> that, that week, because it, we could beat Northwestern with our hands tied behind our back, but not Ohio state. We're, we're and we lost to him uh, two times, you know, I mean, yeah. over there in uh, Columbus, it was, uh, not until we were the number one team in the, in, in America that did we ever beat them in my time there at uh, Columbus. But, uh, that's it. You know, I'm curious with Coach Knight. It has to be such an interesting relationship when you're a player there, you know, because he's kind of the ta- taskmaster. He's you know the head man, and you know we've all heard the stories about how tough it is to to play for him, and there's some intimidation and some fear involved in all of that. How does your relationship evolve with him then after you graduate? You know, because obviously you're close with him now, and I'm sure it's more jovial and more like a peer. How long does that take? What is that process like after you leave playing for him? And and, uh, and you're right. It it is a process, and it's uh, – I I was fortunate in a way that my father was a basketball coach. Mm. So there's – and we all – our fathers and sons – they grow into different relationships, but I also was, you know, that, that was my, my high school coach. And, and I was just kind of, um, when I finished at IU, I, I was on to, you know, to play professionally and it was a different time. And it was almost one of those, Hey, now I'm out on my own, you know, I'm, I'm going to find out how good I really was with or without him, you know? Mm-hmm. And we all made, I, I told him every IU player that ever played for coach Knight should have a gag rule for at least five years, if not 10 years after you graduate. Cause you think that, you know what? I, I don't think it was just his coaching. I think it was me, you know I mean? And I, and I know I had that attitude so wrong. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost criminal, but I remember having that attitude like, no, no, but then you, 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 
you know, just like with your parents, you know, gosh, they, they aren't as stupid as I thought they were. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, over time, you know, that relationship with him, I, I, I'd never had that with anybody else, you know, even with my father and my father and coach and I were, were good buds, you know, so they, they, you know, like I said, they, they both agreed that I was the laziest player to ever walk the face of the earth. I mean, you know, so well, that's a great thing to agree. You know, your, your dad going, yep, you're right. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't work very hard. Most, oh, most parents call concerned when coach is getting on him. Your dad calls to laugh with him. Well, he said, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve sucked. Yeah. It was terrible. You know, but, uh, you know, those two is like, thanks. Yeah. Uh, but, but nonetheless, no, it grew. And, and, and I had an interesting, I was telling Brian this and he just, couldn't believe that, uh, you know, after my senior year, I kind of more or less moved in with coach Knight before the drafts, before the AB, the NBA and the ABA draft. And, uh, you know, he was kind of my confidant, you know, we were talking about who's going to draft me and, and, and that kind of thing. And he, he helped, you know, uh, with, uh, w- with my first contract, you know, and Brian wow. like, what? And I go, Oh yeah. You know, and, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, whatever you think. And, and, uh, you know, and coach Knight used to tell the story that, you know, that he called my dad and said, Hey, you know, Steve's going to sign, you know, and, you know, with Utah and, and, uh, we, you know, we got him this and, and my dad goes, what, it, how much <laughs> he goes, no, really, Bob, how much, you know, <laughs> you're joking. He was like, no, we got him. You know, my dad thought, God, that's the greatest man I've ever met. You know, Bob Knight got, got my son some money that, you know, way beyond he should, he should have gotten. They, so they agreed. They disagreed on that, but anyway, that 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 was a different time. And but as time went on, especially when Coach, it was interesting when Coach went to Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, that was my coach. You know, everybody said, "Well, you, you know, you graduated from IU. That's your alma mater." You know, and I agree with all that, but that's my coach, and I was loyal to the coach. And I said, "No, I'm I'm going to you know go down and visit him down there," and, and went down several times and got to down there. I got to know him more and more as a guy that, you know, we'd just go out and have something to eat and, and talk. And, and, and that's, you know, but I was older then. And so was he, so it, it turned into, you know, where I know I can, you know, I trust him as a dear friend. Hey, a lot of us became Texas tech fans. I remember that first Christmas after he went there, I got a bunch of Texas tech gear from my parents. <laughs> they knew, <laughs> man, it was, it was wild. I'm, you know, wearing that around too. And I was like, Hey, yeah, but, but, you know, it, but that was bittersweet, as we all know. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I know where I wanted him to be. Geez, you know, and then it was also, you know, that life lesson of, you know, appreciate what you have when you have it, because it may not always be there. And I, and I was one of those that, hey, he's been there 29 years. Of course, he's going to be there forever. And, and it just, you know, didn't happen. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginning of your relationship with Coach Knight. And this question came in from Tom. He wants to know, what did Coach Knight say to you during recruiting, and what about his pitch convinced you to join him at, at IU? Because as you've told the story many times, you were being recruited by a lot of people, and you were thoroughly enjoying the recruiting process. So <laughs> what would what did Coach Knight say to, to end that in Indiana's favor? Yeah, I, I do scratch my head on that because, man, I, I that was the days... This wasn't Damon Bailey in the eighth grade, you know, you know, to, hey, we're recruiting this kid. It was like, no, we seniors, we're milking this, you know, we're we're taking trips to and everybody wanted to go to be recruited by Hawaii, you know, and they, they were smart enough. Go, no, 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 not so fast. But every place else, I was Florida, you know, I, I was an SEC uh yeah, kind of a fan of the SEC because I was Southern Indiana. And, and yeah. again, TV, we didn't have ESPN. I, you know, could barely see Channel Four. Uh, so I watched Pistol Pete, watched Johnny Newman. I, you know, man, I was, 
I was an SEC guy, so, uh, you know, and then Kentucky got real interested. And so, uh, but when Coach came in, you got to remember that was that was uh, April of my senior year. So usually, you know, nowadays, gosh, guys have committed oh, man. two years prior. Well, nobody committed. So, you know, he kind of started the start at the top of Indiana, came all the way down, just talking to everybody that, you know, they hadn't signed the, the, the papers yet. And uh, Mike Flynn, who was Mr. Basketball that year, played at Jeffersonville and was my rival in high school. And I were the last two guys that coach talked to. And my dad, you know, was a high school coach at Silver Creek. And he gets me out of study hall and said, hey, the, the new coach of Indiana's here to talk to you. And, and he told me, and this is true, you know, it's kind of corny, but it, he said, and I want you to listen to him. And my dad had never said that about you know, Joe Hall, B. Hall from Kentucky or, you know, any, anybody else. It's like, listen to it. Well, they'd already talked, you know, probably already agreed. Well, Steve's really lazy. So keep that in mind, you know, okay. That's, that's one thing, you know, but I think he can be a pretty good ball player. I think they both kind of agreed on that, but coach didn't have any, I don't even know if he had seen film on me or they just heard, Hey, these, you know, here are the top 15 players and you might as well talk to them. But he did, he kind of, he just laid out, he just talked about it. Here's my goal. By the time you're a senior, you know, we, I want to be in a position to compete for a national championship. That was the goal. Four years. I mean, the man is, you know. <laughs> Worked out pretty well. <laughs> and, yeah, he did pretty well. And he, even to the point where he had looked ahead and he said, you know, he knew he, he was going to have Downing as a center for two years. And here I'm a, still a senior in high school. I haven't even set foot on campus yet. And he's talking about who we're going to replace Downey with said, we'll, we'll need a center by then. So we'll, we'll have to, you know, identify somebody, but everything else will, will be in place by the time we're there. And of course, you know, in a couple of years, we got Kent Benson, you know, become the center, you know, when I was a junior, Benny was a freshman. So yeah, in that year we prepped ourselves for a national championship run my senior year. Guy was right on the money. I mean, but it was. He it, it just matter-of-factly said, you know, and, you know, he'd been the Big Ten. He, he'd studied. He'd been at Ohio State. And, and it, it, the one thing that is kind of comical, I remember him saying, you know, uh, talking about being the first to sign on the dotted line. And he said, uh, well, you know, the first player that signed for Fred Taylor at Ohio State, don't you? And I go, no. He goes, Jerry Lucas, you know, all-time great. One of coaches, you know, a great player. Yeah. And I, and I was like, are you inferring me? You know, am I going to, you know, and it was almost like the inference was you sign here and that's going to be a big deal. And I remember signing and then I was waiting for this, you know, like the front page of the Indianapolis star to announce the Steve green of all people. And there was this little, <laughs> there was this little nub in the, the star. Hey, Steve green signs and I big deal. You know, and I go, Hey, where's the Jerry Lucas treatment? You know, and then <laughs> kept to know coach later is like, he haven't earned anything. In fact, uh, that that does remind me of my my favorite uh, coach night story early on was uh, my my uh, class was John Kamstra, Steve Allfeld, Doug Allen, John Laskowski, and myself, and mm -hmm. and a couple guys that that left during the year. So we had seven guys, but five of us. And uh, so the first day on campus, uh, Kamstra and uh, Allfeld and I said, "Hey, let's go shoot some hoops." You know, oh, good. So we just walked over in our street clothes to, to Coach Knight's office. And at that time, Assembly Hall wasn't finished. So it was in the old place. And we sat down, three of us, you know, like two, you know, the, the green asses we were, you know, like, hey, Coach, you know, here are your star recruits. We're here and we'd like to play some basketball. And he goes, well, good. 
And uh, so, you know, where do we go to get our gear? And he looked at us and he goes, what gear? And he goes, well, did play ball? And he goes, well, I hope you guys brought shoes and stuff because you haven't done a whole hell of a lot for this university yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that was like, that's classic, Bob. Not, no, we're not giving you anything. You haven't given us anything. You know, oh, you sign here? Bravo. But so we marched back across the street to McNutt, got our gear and came and shot around, but with our tails between them our legs. It's like, no, you, and that was, the, that was always this thing. You haven't done a whole hell of a lot for this university yet. And and he was right. We hadn't, we hadn't, we hadn't earned anything, man. You know, you juxtapose that story with the way that recruiting goes today. And obviously <laughs> it's a lot different and, and you could never yep. go back to that. Like the cat's out of the bag, but do you think that something yep. has been lost with, with the way that things are now and then how different it is from, from that story that you well, just told? You know, we, we talk about some things, the entitlement, you know, what, it, it, and, and that's the thing that I always, you know, I, I think I was fortunate in many ways that when I went to Indiana and when coach came in and we were, we were on this four-year building process, we were building something right together. We had this goal. So we, we hadn't earned much of anything, you know, in IU basketball up to that point, we, I think the, the last time was 67, they won a big 10 championship. And uh, here we are, you know, it seems like, you know, what back then I thought that was like, well, that was when they, they still had peach baskets. It was only like six or seven years prior, but it was long enough that, yeah. you know, Hey, we need to win. And we haven't done it yet. So, uh, I always felt fortunate that we built that. So I never felt entitled to anything and, and felt like we had done that. Some of those things. I remember telling coach Knight, even you know, near the, the end of his time there was like, coach, I think you got some players, you know, here in the last few years that are coming here, and their expectation is, hey, now that I'm here, you, Bob Knight, you make me a winner. Mm-hmm. You make me a national championship. You, you know, you, you're the you're the guy. And back then it was, no, we are going to, as a team, we yeah. we got to work together. And so we lost a little of that. Hey, no, I'm coming here. And, and now I think this, I, you know, I'm going to this school because that gets me to the NBA. You know, I, I don't think I any of us went to IU thinking, well, you know, if we do really well here, it's it's the next step is the NBA. It's like. No, we're here. We got a scholarship, and we're let's win as many ball games as we can. Let's be as good as we can. I mean, we, we, we're not going to try to lose games, but but the goal goal was to win games for Indiana University. That's it. You know, it, it was not anything above and beyond that, and we didn't feel entitled to to anything. Now, I, I'll say after a couple of years of winning a whole bunch of ball games, I did expect to get my gear, you know, my, <laughs> my shoes and my more. Well, you earned it by then. I, I think I earned it by then, you know, but I wasn't sure, but I, you know, but, uh, and, and, and what I wasn't given, you know, we all took anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Red well, Warren McGuire were the two equipment guys that we all loved, but it was like, hey, Warren, look over there. Oh, hey, look, <laughs> another jersey going. I'll be down. You know, this is an interesting topic as we, as we talk about Coach Woodson. You know, and Valerie asked a question about how you feel about Mike Woodson and the crew at the helm of IU basketball. I want to get your thoughts on that, but maybe we can frame it this way. You know, everything that you just said, I think we all agree. Like some of the guys in the later night years, it did kind of feel like there was a sense of entitlement. And I think people have felt that way with Indiana players, even of recent years, that it, it does kind of feel like that, that you come to Indiana and there's this big tradition, you're hanging banners. It's what can Indiana basketball do for me? But, you know, now you kind of look at the recruiting pitches that Mike Woodson is giving and he's talking to these guys and he's selling his NBA experience and how he's going to help guys prepare for the NBA and, and different things. 
how do you think Mike is going to navigate that and try to get back to having guys who are there to give their best to Indiana, but also balance, you know, players today are also expecting you to do things for them. Right. And, and, and I wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't want to represent that. I, I know what's in Woody's head, but I, I know he's not that far removed from when I played, you know, yeah. so he's, he's kind of old school that way. And, and, and Woody will chew their butt. I'll guarantee you that. And, and he'll do something too, that, that, uh, I didn't see a lot of in the last 20 years, and that's using the bench the way Coach Knight used the bench. Hey, Gosh. you're not playing well? I don't care who you are. Oh, well, you're a five-star recruit. Oh, well, then please sit down. You know, I'll, I'll be <laughs> polite to you, you know, but you're sitting down, right? You know, hey, just you're still sitting down, and you're going to watch this stuff, you know. Five stars playing. get the please treatment. <laughs> oh, the please treatment. That's the entitlement they are. But That's you're funny. still on the bench, and, you know, and the coach's own thing was how, how the butt talked to the brain, you know. Yeah, you sit on the bench long enough, the butt says, I don't like it over here. What what does he want me to do? Woody's gonna Woody will do that absolutely. Plus, Woody can say, "Hey, I've been there, done that." And it, and it reminds me of uh, when Larry Bird took over the Pacers. You know, Larry hired the best offensive coach he knew, Carlisle. Dick Harder was the best defensive coach. He said, "No, you guys handle that." What Larry did was, I'm going to walk in with all my NBA championship rings and say, "Hey, pay attention. You want one of these?" pay attention to the three of us. And that was it. You know, I think Woody's like, Hey, you want to be all big 10? You want to win some game? You want to go to the NBA? Pay attention. And I, and, and very honestly, I think, you know, one of his first people to pay attention is Trace Jackson Davis. Yep. You know, even he said, I, I didn't like everything he said, but I understood it. I think Woody may have said, Hey, you want to play in the NBA? Hang around, you know, next year. And if it takes even two years, Hang around, get ready for it, and I'll help you get ready for that. In addition to what we're really going to do, not, and it should be it's as a byproduct of what we're going to do. And that's Woody yeah. is like, we're going to win. You got, and that's what happened with me. I mean, you know, I, I didn't show up. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a first round draft pick of anybody. But you know what? I played on championship teams, and and people, I got noticed. It's like, hey. I think, I think he knows how to win and you know, he can't play defense for crap, but you know what? He shoots pretty good. So, eh, you know, but he, but he's been on a winning team. And so I got, you know, I got, got to the next level because of team stuff, not because of, you know, being an individual star player. And I think we're going to see a lot more of, you know, team, uh, team wins championships. And the guys are still going to get to the next level that need to get to the next level. The guys are going to get all big 10 that, that, you know, because they're going to be looked at as part of a winning team. And, you know, I, I think that's going to be a big deal. And Woody will get that across. No, he's a great communicator. Great, great dude. Great. Absolutely. And he got great people around him now. I mean, Scott, you know, Dolson did a, a wonderful thing here. I think we, we just all scratched our heads. I leading up to it. I mean, it, we were all over the place. I just didn't think Woody would come back for, for this, but you know what? I'd forgotten how much he loves Indiana University, loves it, and and loves you know, what it did for him. So I, I, I had, you know, I didn't give that enough uh, uh, enough credit. Tell you the truth, you know, as a fan base, we've spent however long it's been since he was hired. You know, a month plus, kind of marinating in the enthusiasm of it and the feel good vibes and everything. Yeah, and I, look, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that this is going to work, based on what you know of of Woody and. 
his disposition and kind of the way that he does things and also kind of his experience and the positives of his experience, but also the holes of his experience, like not having college coaching. What do you think would be the biggest challenge for him? Or like, you know, if there's something that doesn't go quite right, like we're expecting, what do you think that would be? Well, you know, uh, before I saw who he was adding as a staff, it, it would, you know, you, we would talk about things like, gosh, how, how do you go about recruiting after you've been in the NBA as long as you have, you know, how, how do you talk to 17, 18 and 19 year old kids, you know, about what the opportunity is here. And so, you know, and I don't know, I mean, he may have said that's where I, I, I think I might be a little weak. So who can I put, you know, who else can we bring in here? And it's like, well, I don't know. How about the guy that won three Big Ten cha- uh, Coach of the Years at Ohio State? That's a good guy. How about the guy that's sat to the left or to the right of Tom Izzo for you? I don't know. That's a good guy. How about, the, you know, the, the other guys that are here? So I, I think he's kind of, you know, he's not going to coach by committee. I don't think that's it at all. But he's he's going to be able to tell them about his experience at IU. I mean, that that is real. And, yes, Woody is one of those guys. I mean, he went in that four-year period. Let's talk about, you know, they win a national championship, and then they win a national championship bookends, and he doesn't play, you know, in either one of them. You know, his know. four years. But one of the great IU players of all time, the, the, one of the great teammates of all time. You know, but so he can talk about those things. What, what does it take to achieve the, the level that he he got individually, but also team team uh, wins? And he's very very close with Coach Knight through all those years. So he, he celebrated all those championships. So so I, I think he's got a lot to draw on. Uh, but also I think he's gotten you know he's gotten into guys you know, faces in, in the pros that yeah he's not gonna have any trouble with a nineteen year old kids kind of talking back to him and saying well, I don't think that's important. Oh really? You don't think it's important? Oh, okay. Well, may I invite you to sit over? Here? Yeah. <laughs> sit at the, sit the same place the five star guy just sat down. It's so, funny. We, we, we pulled a bunch of audio clips of Mike Woodson that we use on our show from these New York Knicks practices that he had. I heard you say one word. <laughs> you would never get your shot off on me. <laughs> Where he's, he's basically yeah. he's talking, he's talking to the NBA guys like that. So Absolutely. I don't think he's going to have, <laughs> well, have a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, and, and I haven't been around Woody like so many of, you know, the guys like Witt and Kitch and, and uh, other guys have, have known him in a way better and Quinn and, and uh, you know, Isaiah, I mean, it just goes on and on that, uh, who love Woody, but just times being around him, he's, he's kind of guy quick with a joke, you know, but you know, you throw him things like, Hey, you know, uh, this player was really good. He'll look at you like, guy couldn't he couldn't hold you know i'd get 50 on him you know and and say it in a way that's not it's it's brag but it's backed up it's like you know what i bet he would get 50 on that guy but yeah you know but but so he he understands he appreciates talent so he'll he'll be able to you know he'll, he'll figure it out let's go back to your playing days for a question this one comes from karen so she says in the 75 regional final loss to kentucky in overtime were you hit with a technical in the second half? She says, I'm sure the ref had lost his mind. Can you share what happened there? The answer is yes. <laughs> I, uh, we, it, was, it, it was a horribly, horribly refereed game. I mean, we all agreed. I had uh, referees that I talked to later said, oh, my God, that was what they let go, you know, because we were just getting the hell getting beat out of us. I mean, physically. And that was the game plan. I mean, that was Kentucky's game plan. It's like we have more players than they do. And and Scott's not 
you know, Scott started, but it was, it was ineffective. So they, they knew it's all right. You know, we, we got plenty of players. Let's just use all five. They were going to use 15 fouls on Benson. And then uh, Bob Guyette was the guy guarding me and he, he, he was going to take me out one way or the other, you know, and he was, he was beating the heck out of me. Of course, I was yelling at him on the way down. Of course, there's another two in your face, you know, because I, you know, I love playing against Kentucky. I loved it, you know, mm-hmm. and so, and I hit him for 15 or 60 in the first half said, yes, we're, we're going to kick your ass, you know, but they just kept coming at us in waves in the second half. It was, you know, it was not, not, uh, you know, not, not to our liking, but uh, yeah, at, at some point I got called for a foul underneath uh, our hoop, as a matter of fact, and I don't know how many minutes were left, but the referee stuck his, his, his hand, you know, to call a foul on me right in my nose. And it was like, nah. <laughs> and in the moment I just, I, I, I swatted his hand away, you know, and that was technical city, right? Oh man. And what are you supposed to do? Just sit there and let the guy no, touch no, your exactly, nose? You know, yeah. And, and so anyway, but the, 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 the funny thing was that was my second technical in my IU career. The first technical I got was the first time any player that that coach had ever coached, ever got a technical, you know, this is the guy that gets all the technicals. And I remember that one way more than that. The, the, well, I remember both of them pretty, but the first one was the year before in the CCA tournament for you folks that are real historians, you know, we, we tied for the big 10 championship. We had a playoff game with Michigan and only one team got to go to the NCAA. We, the, the, you know, in, in today's basketball, we probably would be a number two seed at worst you know, in the tournament. But instead we go to this stupid CCA tournament for all second place finishers and the university presidents had desi- decided this. So we go out to St. Louis where we were the year before for the 73 final four is packed. We go out for this stupid thing, you know, and I could hear my mom and my aunt talking about where they're going to eat later that day. You know, while I'm warming up, I'm like, damn, this this sucks. So we play really good teams. So the final game was against USC. They had a couple of really good players. And coach got thrown out in the first half. You know, he got tossed. You know, we, we were getting – and they were, they were whipping us pretty good at that time. And so uh, – and it was, you know, it was a ragtag kind of thing. And – and close to the end of the first half, I got a technical. I mean, I, I, I mouthed off because, you know, I, you know, I said, hey, coach is gone. And, you know, this is the last game of the <laughs> this season. And, you know, I'm feeling my own. And I, I'd had a great tournament up to that point. And everything was going. And I, I mouthed off. Oh, t- technical. You know, it's no big deal. Who's waiting for me as I'm running off the court for the, you know, halftime? Who's waiting there? It's the man, Coach Knight. And he gives me help. What are you doing getting a technical? Nobody gets a technical place around. Go, you? You're telling me not to get to you're thrown out of the game. You're not even here. You know, you're not even coaching. You're not even supposed to talk to me. You know, I'm thinking to myself, of course, I'm not gonna say that to you. You know, but but that's when I learned it goes, no, you're the first guy that's ever done that. And sh- you know, it's like shame on you. And I was like, well, wait till next year. <laughs> and then my, my last game, I'm gonna do it again. That's, oh man, that's, that's funny. funny. That you is know. funny. Um, okay, here's a good question from Patrick. When did your teams typically know if they would be good? Off-season workouts, official practices, or did it take getting into the season and playing a few games to know? Boy, that yeah, that, that's a great question. That, you know, the easiest was obviously going into you know seventy four, seventy five. My senior year, we we knew. I mean, we knew from the end of last year we won the CCA tournament, and 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 we had everybody back. You know, because we had no seniors on that 
the 74 team. So everybody was back, you know, so I was a senior on the 75, Laz, uh, you know, Offie and, and Camster. So, so we knew, we knew then, in fact, to the, to the degree where after the first practice, I got everybody together, all just players at the center court. We finished our first practice and I looked at everybody and said, Hey, we've been around that guy long enough. We know what we have to do this year to please him. We got to win every game. And it wasn't a false problem. You, you know that, right? And everybody's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, I don't want him chewing my butt. I don't want any of this, you know, because we'd lost some games in the previous two years. That's the only way he'll be happy. You know, little did we know, no, that wasn't going to make him all you know, happy every day because we had some bad games that we won. Uh, but the year before was kind of the uh, – we actually uh, – we we traveled after the final four year because the final four year – you know, we started out, I mean, it was just, it was his first, you know, it was my first, it was his second year, my first year on the varsity. And they had been to the NIT the year before. And I think we just, until we got into the Big Ten, we didn't know, we really didn't know how good we could be until we started beating Minnesota, we beat them at home. And, we, and so, uh, but then we lose Downing, we lose John Ritter. And uh, now we're coming back with no seniors, but we had coach had planned in you know, one of these trips, we went to Spain. So all the guys, so we got to play together for, you know, we got to practice for a week and then we got to play for two or three weeks over there. And you could start to see, you could start. And, and we were playing. And here's the thing. We were beating some teams, but uh, Quinn didn't go. He was playing on a, like a national team, Scotty and uh, Scott May and Bobby Wilkerson weren't eligible to play. Oh, wow. And we didn't, and we didn't have Benson, uh, did Benny go with us? Yeah, gosh, I, I can't think of at, at 73. No, no, he, he wasn't there. He was incoming. So we had four of the, you know, the starters not yeah. there, but we were beating teams, you know. Plus, uh, you know, I, I have to admit that the score, since those four were not, <laughs> I was the score. was like, this is going to be a really good team. Because <laughs> I know one thing, yeah, as long as I'm the score, yeah, this is going to be really good. But we had a confidence, like, gosh. We're, and then you add those guys into the first uh, day of practice. Oh, yeah, we, we, got, we got to feeling pretty good that year. But then we, we had some losses that we just scratch our heads. And how, how did we even lose those games? But we won, you know, won the Big Ten that year, but, but tied for it. with. Uh, yeah. it, it, we, we lost the first Big Ten game of the year at Michigan. And then we tied them with a 12 and 12, 12 and two records, both of us. Uh, but we had the, the cool thing about that is to win the big 10 or to tie them for the big 10 championship, which would be two in a row. And this was coach's big deal win the big 10 championship, but it's even tougher to win it twice you yeah. know, in a row. And so we had Purdue at home and man, it, we won that game and, you know, the crowd came down and, you know, coach and I remember coach yelling, we were yelling at each other's ear. We did it. We did it. We, we won another big 10 championship. That was that, that was huge for us. Yeah. But that's kind of where we, you know, we, we felt like we were, you know, really a good program and, and, and everybody was back for the next year. So yeah. it was pretty. So I, so I have to admit, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this when I was, when I was growing up, I was born in 81. So I kind of came of age in like the late 80s, early 90s. So I'd always kind of heard the legends of the 75 and 76 team, but I wasn't there to watch them. And so I always just assumed that you and Laz were part of the 76 team. Yeah. Because, you know, I was like, well, okay, the 76 team is the best. So clearly all these guys must have been on that team. And I remember, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember being shocked when I kind of looked back and I was like, wait, 
Green and Laskowski weren't on the 76 team. Do you have a lot of people that are surprised that you weren't on the oh, 76 yeah. team? Oh, oh yeah. To yeah. the point where it was like I didn't correct him after a while. I was like, hey, yeah, you know, man, that, that's an easy one. But, but I, I tell you, uh, and I'll tell you about the guy, the 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 character of the the guys on the '76 team. I mean, they they consider it kind of a '75 '76 team yeah. win. But you know that, that that that's very gracious of them. But but I will tell you this that uh, uh, we had um, oh it was about three or four years ago. Uh, there were some guys, from, you know, Laz and myself with Tommy Abernathy, Quinn, and uh, Jimmy Cruz. We were on kind of a panel discussion, and, and that came up. Somebody said, hey, what, what was better, 75 or 76? Quinn said, 75. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, dude, that's nice. He goes, I'm not being nice. And and, and, and as he started talking, it, it was the first time I that I'd always felt bad. Gosh, we got beat by Kentucky. We beat them by 35, you know, during the year. And I hate those guys anyway. And we beat, they beat us by two, but I, I forgot Scott was 20 points a game. You, you don't lose 20 points. In, and it was like, Hey, the 76 team was better than the 75 because during the tournament we had Scott and you guys didn't plain and simple. I mean, it's, it, if we had Scott, you know, we were, we were rolling people. I mean, we were just, yeah. yeah I mean, we were, you know, we, we were killing them by, you know, 10 minutes to go in the game. We, we were done. And with Scott, I mean, it's a different thing. So it, it kind of made me think, you know, you know, we we're probably pretty good in '75, and it, because with a healthy Scott, it would have been two in a row. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been undefeated. You know, the second year, who knows? But it, they certainly were on a mission that 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 time. Yeah. And and, and also, I, you know, uh, the seventy there there was a Showtime thing on on the '76 team, right? Yeah. And I get a call from the producer from this uh, showtime and he goes, Hey, uh, you know, I, I've been told I got to interview you. It's like, I got to interview. And I go, well, you don't have to interview. What, what are you doing? You know, we're doing this 76 thing. I said, what do you want to interview me? And he goes, every one of the guys said, you've got to interview Leskowski green. Yeah. You, they're, they're on the team. You know, it's like, I mean, that's they're here. They're that's having cool. this whole thing. And they're the ones that told them. And he goes, and, and guess what the guy said? He goes, I didn't realize you guys were, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> same thing you said. I, Really? And so we went and, and we were interviewed only because those guys said, nah, if you're doing this, do it right. And it's, yeah. it was, a, it was a two year process. So, you know, my hat's off to them. I, you know, I, I hope I would have been that, uh, you know, that gracious. When, when you guys get together and there's like guys from the 75 team and maybe guys from the 80 team and guys from the 92 and 93 teams, which are kind of like these missing banner teams, you know, where it's like, gosh, yeah. Those teams were good enough to win it all. Do you guys ever kind of talk about that and lament, like, man, if Allen hadn't gotten hurt, if Scott hadn't oh, gotten hurt, if Ted well, Valentine hadn't been a jackass, like, you know, these could have won titles. <laughs> absolutely, you know, and, and of course Brian brings me in on the history of that with him being twenty years younger than me. That yeah, you know, that we talk about those things. I, I man, how good were I? I was there, you know, it, and you know when it, with Allen and Calvert and those guys. Jeez, jeez I mean, those, those teams were awesome. Awesome. I mean, absolutely awesome. So. Yeah, and and uh, one of the great things that happened when we decided to start raising money for for IU for basketball scholarships, we had golf tournaments. And of course, the biggest draw we had was Bob Knight, right? You know, mm-hmm. he was going to be there Friday and Saturday. And so, by doing that, we, that was the first time guys from the 
early 70s, got together with guys from the mid-80s. And, you know, that's where I got to know Randy Whitman a lot better, Ted Kitchell a lot better, because we, we'd play golf, you know, and we'd have a few beers afterwards, and we just would tell stories. And I remember the 70, you know, uh, the guys that were there the first four or five years would sit there and go, you're kidding me. But their stories were way better than our stories, you know. <laughs> and, and Jimmy Cruz told me this one day. He said, I said, gosh, what happened? He goes, because he was, you know, assistant coach for a lot of those teams. And, and you know, some of this crazy stuff that he would say to the to, to players to motivate him and all that. Yeah. And, and he said, uh, well, gosh, Green, you got to remember we didn't lose. You know, there wasn't anything for him to get upset about. We're losing eight to 10 games a year. Coach is going nuts. He can't, you know, we don't do this. We don't lose eight games in a year. We don't lose, you know, yeah. four games. We don't lose to Purdue, you know. So so there was some craziness afterwards because we were kind of like, yeah, we we had it easy because we kind of, we won. You know, we won games, so we didn't, we didn't get the rest. So to hear those stories, we just would just laugh. Said, that can't be true. That, oh, yeah, it's true. But hmm. So we got to know all those guys and, you know, and everybody, everybody really does appreciate, Hey, you know what, whether you were on a championship team or not, it, it becomes a bigger deal to the general public, you know, than it does to us. It was, it was more that we do take great pride in, yes, we played for, for Bob Knight, you know, and it's, again, it's one of the things that I didn't have to wonder about Brian Evans. I wonder what kind of guy he's going to be to partner with. You know, I, I know, I mean, I knew that, I knew he he was not a five star recruit when he came from Terre Haute South. He was an afterthought. He, he yeah. tells a story, and then five years later, he's the Big Ten most valuable player, right? You know, mm -hmm. so I know the guy can work, and I know he can take heat, and I know he wasn't coddled. He was hey, you talk about entitlement. He wasn't entitled to anything, and then just said, "No, I'll be the number one player in the whole freaking conference." And it's like. That's the guy I want on my team. Yeah, somebody that'll work that hard. One of the great player development stories in the history of oh, IU basketball. Absolutely. There's absolutely. no question about it. Who um who are some of your other favorite players that you've watched since you've graduated? Just when you sit down and you've watched IU games that you've just thoroughly enjoyed watching them play. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> sorry that this always goes back to uh, Lazlo. I interviewed one time. Uh, I forget. In fact, it was, I think it was 92 or 93, we were following the team. And uh, somebody said, well, gosh, you know, you know, is Calvert Chaney the best, you know, best player that you ever saw play? And I go, and I, and I did, I, I looked in the camera, I go, well, I didn't see myself play. So, yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> you know, so, obvious BS, but yeah, Calvert Chaney's right up there. I mean, come on, let's, they're, 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 that stroke of his, speaking of a guy, Guess where, you know, Brian Evans may have ended up had he not gone to IU? Evansville. Mm -hmm. Calvert, Evansville. I mean, the, you know, Jimmy Cruz is like, hey, you guys would have been in our Hall of Fame a lot sooner than the IU Hall of Fame. <laughs> you would have come play for me. But it, it uh, you know, so, you know, and Brian was one of my favorite players. He just was. I mean, I just, you know, not only shooting, but, you know, and not only the number, I make fun of that, but just the way he played. And, uh, you know, Steve offered, offered. you know, because – you know, he was a little kid in, when his dad was coach at Martinsville. When Sam was coach there, he'd bring Stevie to practice. You know, we just Dutch rub him, you know, and said, you know, he was a pest. You know, like, ah, there's that little kid again, you know, only to, you know, yeah, we were Dutch rubbing the the man. <laughs> we didn't know that he was, you know, when he moved to Newcastle and came back. So, yeah, you know, guys like that. No, they're, they're all 
you know, it's interesting. I don't look at those guys though the same way I look at the vans. I mean, I just don't. I mean, I just—it's just different. The guys that you fell in love with as a kid, it's different. It's just different. You know, I still can't. I'm sitting here going, I can't believe I've got Tom and Dick Van Arsdale's phone number. Like, and they got mine. Why would they want mine? You know, I'm only eight years old. (laughs) I'm I'm still asking for autographs. But yeah, you know, there've been great players through the years. Some I didn't get to see as much as other. I didn't get to see Woody play because I was playing. You know, yeah. I was in the NBA, and there weren't. We didn't have the games. I just would have to hear about it, and and it was it was kind of unheard of for a guy that was playing professional ball to come back there. You know, even during the All Star break, we only had three days, and nobody went back to their their colleges like they do now. You know, guys show up everywhere. You know, I, and I I think I missed out on some of that. I, I should have gone and seen guys more often live, but. Uh, but now, you know, now, now I'm a fan, you know, I've got, got my season tickets. And so, you know, I'm checking guys out, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you, you just, we, we still gravitate towards those guys that play smart, play within the team concept, but also step up in big moments. You know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things that you, you, you look for that in a guy and, and we're going to look for that in, in this team too. Like who, who is the guy that has the confidence that has learned enough in practice, learned enough in games, that he's going to step up and do some things. We we need that kind of guy. I don't know who it's going to be. You know, everybody's a candidate right now, yeah. but it's going to be somebody that that's going to prove to 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 Coach Woodson and the coaching staff that you know I need to be out here during big minutes, and and, and they'll find their way. So well, I'm anxious to look forward to this this year. You, you know, you. and Trace Jackson Davis has certainly put himself in a position yep. to be that guy. You know, because he he yep. could have gone and he believed in coach Woodson and came back and you know I knew as soon as he did that I'm thinking okay this guy has a chance to kind of cement himself in Indiana history you know with what he's already done through two years I'm curious to get your thoughts on him and he's been extremely productive for two years you know he's also played on teams that haven't been as good and he's kind of been force-fed the ball and had production you know like if he was playing on the 93 team he's not featured like he is here yeah but exactly. what have been your thoughts on kind of his development and how he stacks up with some of the other great big men that you've seen at IU? Yeah, and oh, he has that potential. So that, there's there's no question about it. I mean, just has a you know has a a look about him on the court. I will tell you this: you may not recognize his game in a year. Yeah, you know, just more, or even six months from now, I, the way he's going to use or going to be asked to use his right hand, the way he's going to step out and shoot jumpers, the way he's going to get into to post position and be fed, the way he's going to be fed, then back out to the shooters, back into him. You know, I, I think that's uh, – his best days are, are ahead. I think – now, it's easy for me to say, hey, it's, it's good that you didn't jump to the NBA. But, you know, let's face it, he heard from a guy that just came from the NBA. It's mm-hmm. not like Woody came in and said, hey – I'm going to make a few phone calls and tell you what the NBA is thinking. He knows what they're thinking. And I think he sat down and said, and here's, here's what, what I think they're correct on. Here's what I think you, you can fix easily. Here's going to take some work and it's going to take us to be a good team around you. We can't make you the, the only option. You can't, you just can't have that. That's unfair to him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, oh, I think he's got a chance in, uh, you know, to be one of the best ever at that position. There's no question, but he's what's lacking right now is team success, man, team yeah. success. It really solidifies you. It, yeah. Cause guys can, you know, we see guys all the time. Hey, Pistol Pete Maravich, one of my idols, you know, average 44 game for LSU. He never won squat, but he was fun to watch. 
but mm-hmm. you know, their, their team was not, you know, that, that's an unusual, you know, a star like that. But for most people, it's, it's team, it's team play. You know, just like watching the final four this year, a lot of these guys got, you know, they, they played great basketball under a big spotlight and, and their teams did well. So yeah, I, those are, those are good guys. That, that gets underrated. Like the Juzang kid from UCLA, you know, did not enter the NCAA tournament on people's radars. And then he goes yeah. out and has a six game stretch where he looks like Jay Edwards. And now everybody's thinking like, Hey, this guy could be a first round pick, oh, you know, no that question. having that kind of success on that platform is huge. No, no, no question. And let me tell you too, something too. I, my, uh, my kids, when they were deciding whether to play, you know, daughter at volleyball, you know, in college and, and son play, you know, some mid-level basketball. But uh, when they decided, you know, that, Hey, they're going to do not do those kind of things. I told him, I said, but here's the deal. Don't you ever make fun, ever say anything bad about the 12th man on any uh, Division I basketball team, really on any team, D1, D- 2, 3. Those guys will kick your ass in a minute. I mean, it, it is really interesting because mm-hmm. I used to get challenged all the time at IU, you know, by fraternity. It was like, okay, hey, now green, you know, it's offseason. Let's, let's play some five-on-five. Five. I said, I don't think you want any of this because <laughs> you, you think you do. You think I'm slow and you think you can jump and block my, but you don't want any part of this and you don't want any part of the guy you're making fun of that doesn't get any playing time on our team because he'll kick your butt up, you know, one side. And, and what is it just happened that the, the Boston Celtic, uh, Scar- Scapolini or Scar- I forget. The, oh, Scalabrini. Yeah. Scalabrini <laughs> thing. Yeah. Right there. Was awesome. I, I saw that just recently and I go, that's what I'm talking about. These guys are way better than you think. And, and they get better over time and even on a bad team. But, but I'm telling you, watch out, you know, there, there's, there, there's some good. So in other words, there's a star yet to be born on IU's team. I'll guarantee Beyond Trace Jackson, I'll guarantee you. Oh yes, given given the the right you know the leadership, the right offense. Hey, I'm nobody. You know, if I go you know instead of going to Indiana, you know I go to Kentucky and it's like, hey, let's play some one on one. Like I'm out. You know, but you go to Indiana and coach says, no, I've got a motion offense and and only the forwards and centers shoot. And I went, yeah. (laughs) You hear that, Quinn? You hear that, everybody? Shooter. And it was. It was set up shoot. Hey man, if you can't shoot coming off of picks and you're wide open, you you got to go sit down. You got to say, I, I need to sit down. But you know, so I was set up to be successful, and, and Woody's going to do the same thing for some of these guys. Steve, this has been awesome. I want to be respectful of your time, so just a couple more questions if you have sure. if you have sure. time for yeah. them. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you mentioned shooting. I have to ask you about shooting. I myself was a shooter back in the day in high school. That was kind of my only thing. Kind of wish yeah. I had played basketball 20 years later when the three-point shot, when everybody was just firing up threes. Would me have been much too, better bud. for me. me too. Yeah, would have been much better. <laughs> but how frustrated have you been watching Indiana basketball the last few years? Kind of an easy question. Probably really frustrated yeah. with the shooting. What yep. would, like if, if Coach Woodson called you up and is like, Steve, you were a great shooter. What should I do to help these guys shoot better? Like what are the keys you think to Indiana getting back to being a good shooting program again? You know, it, it, it's... One of the, the key things, and, and again, Brian and I talked about this, you know, why? Why are we, you know, and w- when what's going to change? Confidence is so much a part of it. it it's amazing. It, and, and, you know, and, and it's tough as a freshman to get confident out there, especially if you're put in and basically like, hey, don't screw up. You know, we can't, we can't afford that. So Woody, and he's, Woody's already said, I'm going to put guys in position 
so that they know that when I get that, I'm, you know, it's okay to shoot and it's okay to miss, you know, you, you, now I, I, I got to admit, I don't, I never thought that it was okay for me to miss too many, you know, that's for sure. But, it, but I was always put in a position that I knew that the offense was coming to me or coming to Scott May or, and then we're going to throw it into Benson and him back out to us. So it, there's that, there is that, but it, but it does take practice too, man. You gotta, you gotta get out there and shoot a lot. I mean, and, and from all angles and, and not just be a, you know, I, I hate just, just three point shooting and, and layups. Right. I, I, I love the mid range shot or, or the long shot. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, you, you just have to, you have to put yourself in a position where, Hey, I, you know, I, I know my mechanics are good. I, I know, and I know the ball's coming to me and I know that, you know, I, I have enough confidence and my coach has enough confidence in me that I can stroke this and, 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 and they'll go in. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm with you. It's like, I can't believe the shooting. I, I haven't, haven't believed it. Some of the guys and I, I saw them in high school and Hey, you know what? I know it's high school, but you know what? Shooting, shoot, that's 10 foot, you know? So just this confidence. And I, I know I had to gain confidence, but man, it doesn't, that's the good, that's the, the, the lightning in the bottom. It's like, Man, when you get a good, you get a shooter that has confidence. Whoops! Watch out, because mm-hmm. now, now they're going in. Now they're going in. That's right. That's right. So one more question here from Kathy, and you know, Indiana has a couple of really interesting freshmen coming in. Tamar Bates, who has been rising up the charts, known as a good shooter. Logan Duncan, big man from Ohio, uh, that you know, another guy who's really risen up the charts. Both are top one hundred recruits. And Kathy wants to know if you could give an incoming freshman one piece of advice because it's something you wish you had done differently while in school, what would it be? And their experience will be a little different because they're going to be expected to play from day one. Yeah, <laughs> you obviously exactly. weren't, weren't able to, but what advice would you give to those two guys? Yeah. You know, that, uh, the, the thing I always worry about with freshman eligibility is this feeling that if you don't play a lot as a freshman, you're a failure of some sort. And, and that's what I would say is just, no, you go in, you, you you come in, the coaches know you're a first-year player, okay? And they're going to get on you, but don't, you know, take take all the constructive criticism you can and just concentrate on getting better each and every day, you know, gaining confidence and knowing that, you know what, I may be a lot better as a sophomore or junior here in this program. And, you know, this one, the one-and-done thing, I, you know, I, I just, you know, there are certain kids that, yeah, one-and-done, but everybody else should be thinking about what can I do to play well here? No matter if it's one year, two years, four years, whatever that is. So yeah, early on, just, just know you're here for a reason, you know, they're, they're, yeah, mistakes are made, but still they're going to work with who, 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 who we've got on the team. Just make sure you're the guy that does all the things that the coaches are asking. Please the coach. That's the other thing. Please the coach, right? Don't please your mommy at home. You know, <laughs> don't please your friends. Please the dude that's get handing out time. You know, because you're not <laughs> going to play if that guy's not happy. So that's another thing. Not that I, you know, I, I, like I said, I was fortunate. I didn't have to. I I got to. The other thing is, from an academic standpoint, man, sprint <laughs> as soon as you get on campus. Sprint to the first day of practice and, and get get A pluses if you can. And then try to ride that out the rest of the semester because <laughs> it's all going to be basketball. Then in the second semester, basketball is like hang in there until the season's over. Then sprint to the end, and yeah. you, you, you better get A's in in September and A's in April. You know to to balance it out because it's tough. That that is tough. But use tutors. 
man, I use tutors all the time. You know, Steve Offeld, I, uh, Offie's an orthopedic surgeon. You know, I'm a dentist. It, it, I, you know, I'm not going to say we were the dumbest guys on the team, but we were smart about one thing, and that is tutors are free. <laughs> Sign me up. You know, mm-hmm. tell me what I missed. And let's keep up with with uh, schoolwork. So yeah, that that that's a bunch of stuff. But uh, you know, I, I'd say then the final thing is if you're going to Bloomington, if you're going to IU, and you don't have a good time, that's on you. <laughs> Whatever that means. Okay. <laughs> that is true. Just don't that's let it interfere with. Forever. Just don't let it interfere with your shooting work and the academics oh, okay, and all that okay. stuff. You know, be, no, hey, like, be responsible. Hey. Hey man, I used to shoot with my girlfriend. She'd she'd rebound and I'd shoot, you know. So yeah, you 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 can figure it out. In fact, uh, I I credit that with with the coach playing me a lot because he caught me one day shooting. You know, it was a football game and I was in the oak, and I'm shooting and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, uh, was rebounding for me and I think he caught me, and it was like, all right, that's it was just pure double. He's got it. Yeah, I was like, hey, coach, all the time. Do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. in here every day. <laughs> First and only time I've done it. So. He's like, okay, Sometimes Steve Green has this figured out. He's got yeah, he's this got, figured yeah, out. That's, that's it. <laughs> he's good. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> that's great. Well, Steve, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. It's been so much all fun right. chatting. Um, give us the website one more time for Aurora so yeah, folks yeah, can go uh, to it. Yeah, aurorasleep.com. So Aurora Sleep. A-R-O-R-A sleep.com. Sleep. Com. Yep. And uh, I don't know if Brian's put his picture on there yet, but, but I'm on there. So, <laughs> so I got ones. Well, cool. Well, good luck with everything. I hope to see you guys, you know, do your world domination expansion down here to Dallas and I'll be the first That's one it. through the door. Uh, but really appreciate fun. your time. This is a lot of fun. Oh, my pleasure. No, it's fun. Thank you, Jerry. Cool. Thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm. Take care. Bye. All right, everybody. The great Steve Green. Holy smokes, that was 80 minutes, 85 minutes of uh, awesome storytelling. A lot of good stuff there uh, from Steve. I wasn't able to get to all the questions that were submitted, but I wanted to try to get to the questions and then ask good follow-ups where it was possible. But really uh, appreciate Karen and Tom and Patrick and Kathy and Lee and Valerie for submitting your questions. So we're going to do this same thing next week with Brian Evans. Um, Now, there haven't been as many questions submitted for Brian. That is fine. If you guys don't submit questions and you're just going to let me hog all the time with one of my childhood heroes that I used to pretend to be uh, growing up uh, in in my driveway, I will for sure do that. But if you do have questions that you want me to ask Brian, and again, a lot of the questions submitted today were awesome, go to the events page inside of the community uh, and you can go there and you can comment on that event page and then I'll bring those questions on to the run sheet and kind of ask them as they fit into the conversation. Uh, but boy, really appreciate Steve Green taking the time. If you haven't listened to his interviews on Hoosier Hysterics and Podcast on the Brink, highly recommend that too. He has given I fans like eight hours of awesome content, uh, which is so great. Uh, so anyway, thank you all for being here. If you are listening to this on the podcast or you're watching this on YouTube, uh, the live broadcast, the live version of this was done inside the community. And we got folks like Ari and Barb and Irwin, John and Lisa, Lee, Phil, Rick, Tony, uh, all here live. Others were here live. So if you want to you know, be able to watch these live, be able to get your questions in, uh, go join the community at assemblycall.com slash community. We'd sure love to have you. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed this. Thank you, Steve Green. Thank you, everybody who was here. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. As always, keep your elbows in and your eyes. Dang it, I should have gotten Steve. Okay, next time we do one of these, please, those of you who are here live or if you're listening, you have to remind me 
to get the guest to do a drop of keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. I meant to do that with Steve Green, because who better to have do that than one of the best shooters in school history, and I forgot to put it on the run sheet, and then I get all, you know, excited, and then I forget to do it. So please, if you're listening to this, if you're going to be here live, remind me to do that. I have to get it for Brian Evans. I'm going to go add it to my run sheet right now. Anyway, let's try this again. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Talk to you guys soon. I like everything about that. Guys, do you want to lose weight fast, have more energy, and improve your health? Now you can with Nutrisystem for men. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered right to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow, and you'll see results in your first week. Go to Nutrisystem.com meal now and get 50% off everything. And with their new premium meals, guys get bigger, bolder meals with up to 30 grams of protein and 25% more calories to keep you feeling full full and satisfied as you drop the pounds. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash meal right now and get 50% off. You heard me right. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash meal right now and get 50% off everything. Forget about takeout and fast food. Nutrisystem for men is real food and real simple. It's all planned out and delivered right to your front door. Don't wait. This special offer will not last forever. Just go to Nutrisystem.com slash meal right now and get 50% off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash meal. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com.